Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Filmcast, a podcast about movies. I'm David Chen, and Dan Trachtenberg, son of a bitch. <laughs> what? Wow. Okay. That's a that's a predator reference, guys. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Joining me today is Devinder Hardwar. Look at me. I'm the predator. I've got an invisibility cloak, alien weapons, and shields, and I'm eight feet tall. What a fair fight! Bye. <laughs> and Jeff Kanata. If it bleeds. We can podcast about it. (laughs) Those are, of course, all vague, oblique references to the fact that today on the Filmcast, we're going to be reviewing Prey, the new film by Dan Trachtenberg. You can watch it right now on Hulu. Lots to talk about with that movie. I'm really excited to delve into the conversation. Uh, Before that, we got some what we've been watching for you and, uh, of course, some some weekly plugs as well. You can find more episodes of this podcast at thefilmcast.com. Email us at slashfilmcast at gmail.com. You can support this podcast at patreon.com slash film podcast. Before we get to what we've been watching this week, a couple things I wanted to mention. First of all, uh, last week on the podcast, we launched a video venture at youtube.com slash slash filmcast. So for the first time, uh, you can now watch reviews that the filmcast does on YouTube. Again, at youtube.com slash slash filmcast. Now, here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is, uh, I would say all three of us have been involved in making videos to varying degrees. I know where you're the going course with of this. Years, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one could even say that our videos have been collectively viewed millions yeah. of times. Our faces know? are all over the internet. All over the internet. All over all the internet. Of, you know, everywhere. Devendra is, uh, makes videos for one of the top tech publications on the internet. And uh, he's on the he's all over that YouTube channel, um, and Jeff Kanata uh, obviously is part of the Totally Rad Show before, and um, I believe uh, DLC mm-hmm. broadcast live. I have my own YouTube channel, and I, I go viral on the reg, as the kids say. I believe I don't think kids um, say that. I think they do. I think they uh-huh. do. And yeah, uh, neither so, of you know what the kids say. So uh, you would think that with all that stuff going on, uh, everyone who enjoys the film cast has seen our faces at some point. And in fact, that is not at all true based on uh, the comments to our inaugural debut video review of Bullet Train, uh-huh. which premiered on the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Um Jack Lonergan, uh, I'm going to read some comments from the YouTube channel. Jack Lonergan writes, I've been listening since episode 12. And this is something I have yearned for and is going to make me eternally grateful, joy-filled, and gives me another highly valued piece of content to look forward to every single week. My subscription is now justified. Yay! Thank you, Jeff Devendra and Dave. Excellent. Um, now justified. I love that he basically was seething yeah. uh, prior to now. Right? Paying He's money like, every month going, what is this even being used for? Well, if only I could see what these, these fellas look like, you know? If only yeah. there was a search engine in which to <laughs> plug in names. Lonergan was basically yeah, flushing right. his money down the toilet. Yeah. And then, you know, the YouTube channel appears and he's like, okay, now it's okay. It's justified now. Well, hey, glad, glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. That's great. A, a, a longtime listener scared. named Sue, who uh, I have interacted with in other, uh, like, uh, via email before, she writes, quote, revelatory. <laughs> I've been listening to you guys for years. You've accompanied me around the world throughout hard pandemic times, and you've even been kind enough to read out one of my emails in the past about the dig. That's the that's the thing I was referring to. So actually seeing you deliver the review is somehow moving. Hmm. Thanks for doing this. Even more hyped than I usually am for your next review. All the best, guys. 
Guys, um, it turns out we've been really undervaluing our faces. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, in our own heads, we're all uh, more and more public than we think we are. Basically, we're bigger I, I guess that's true. Over, overvaluing <laughs> our our our, uh, yes. our exposure. I'm like, under- I'm, I'm all our, my face is in too many places. In my opinion, <laughs> not I, not a, according to some. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. You know, uh, this is very very nice of people to say. Yes. I'm I'm, I'm uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I my experience has only ever been that when I see someone's face that I had only heard it was a massive disappointment. So mm-hmm. hearing mm-hmm. people say is revelatory and, and mm-hmm. uh, two thumbs up, you know, Hey, it really does look like Nathan Drake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, not uh, anymore <laughs> old ass Nathan Drake. Now live long enough to be the sequel. Nathan. Yeah. Drake. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm more Scully. <laughs> I think we did get a comment. Uh, a, a listener wrote in like that. Their wife commented, Hey, the limerick guy is hot. Oh, that's which, nice. Um, there you which, go. You know, is a, a accurate, B kind of implicit slam on me and mm. the <laughs> I mean, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. No, she she I'm assumed pretty... you you guys were hot. Me, it's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> pretty uncool. Um, the uh, Molly comments on youtubecom slash filmcast Really enjoyed this. I've been a fan of slash film since 2007, 2008 ish, when I worked at a Hollywood video. Aww. I'm not sure I have ever seen your faces and would not have guessed the right voice to the face had I been forced to choose. No disrespect, just nice to put faces to the voices. It's, it's so. great. It's great. I think it shows like people are just not as connected as we assume. You know, a lot of folks are. We we are their only podcast. I've talked to some people where they don't listen to anything else but our show. Yeah, so, or, or, or know, possibly consume any media online or follow any of our other work online. You know. Also, aren't, aren't these coming from folks that are uh, yeah. our, our patrons? Which Long time fan. If you well, go to our Patreon page, there's our giant faces right in front of you. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the YouTube page is made available to the public, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, uh, I see. just regular, regular so There's a listeners. bunch of freeloaders right now. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. Um, Matthew Madrano writes, No! I no longer have the images that I pictured from just listening with my imagination running wild. Now I see what you guys actually look like. I mean, that's a good thing, but now the magic is gone. Yeah. Just kidding, guys. Still my favorite podcast about movies. It's like the shark and Jaws. We're scarier when, uh, when you can't see and you us. You don't see us? Yeah. 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 But uh, anyway. Well, we're happy to just uh, remove the magic. That's, yeah. that's our job. <laughs> Taking the yeah. magic away one episode at a time. I will say one of the first times I ever met a podcast person I listened to very regularly was uh, when I met Adam Kempinar at Sundance one time. And mm-hmm. it is very weird. It's weird. You're yeah. used to someone's voice. You're, you're used to like, cons- quote unquote, consuming someone's voice in a certain context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and when it starts coming out of another person, like a person's skull in front of you, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A meat very bag. odd. Yeah. Very odd. Um, and I can imagine the same dynamic would apply for, for a digital skull. That's what I'm skull. saying. Every time it's ever happened to me, it's been a massive disappointment, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock, when I saw them for the first time, I was like, oh, no, no, no. That's not how you look. <laughs> Is it the, that's that's a Wayne's World joke of, yeah. uh, of, of the guy, the radio guy. Right. Handsome Dan. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, uh, again, please join us over on our new video adventure over at youtube.com slash slash filmcast. Uh, our first video did pretty well, and I think uh, there's great things ahead for that channel. So Yeah, if you uh, want to <laughs> remove the magic yourself, head on over to the YouTube channel <laughs> where magic dies. Give us a, a subscribe. Give us a like. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Okay. Uh, only other thing I wanted to mention before we get to uh, our... Uh, what we've been watching this week is uh, for it is a rough time right now at the movie theaters guys um i don't know if you guys mm-hmm, know this but mm-hmm. this was the first weekend this past weekend since february of this year where only one movie made over 10 million dollars um <laughs> and so it was morbius it was actually bullet train <laughs> oh. uh that made over over 10 mm. million dollars uh, can you imagine like any other industry where one weekend you might make $300 million and then another weekend you might make like 50. That's kind of what's going on with uh, what's going on at the movie theaters. There's just not that many movies out right now, unfortunately. Uh, And it's a huge bummer. Uh, So bullet train made $13 million and it's like pretty bleak for the rest of the summer. Like there's basically nothing major coming out probably until viola davis's new movie comes out you know like which is in september uh i'm looking forward to george miller's a uh, thousand years of longing movie but like yeah. i don't think that's going to be huge in any meaningful oh, way absolutely so, not yeah. yeah so uh it is it is a bleak time in the summer box office more well, terrible than usual for an august and maybe it just means the summer's over we just had a premature end to the summer mm-hmm mm-hmm. it's possible I can't, uh, my kids went back to school this morning so summer's oh, over wow. in the canada household a lot of reasons for this: COVID delays, post-production delays, studios not wanting to spend money on marketing movies and just putting them straight to streaming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's all converged so that there's very little new opening this week, other than Beast, the new Idris Elba movie. So, anyway, uh, wanted to mention not a great time in the box office. So we'll get, we're going to be reviewing kind of uh, other stuff that has been out in previous weeks uh, for the calendar this this month, as well as video on demand stuff. But also, interestingly enough. In its 12th week of release, only one movie in the top 10 uh, movies of the box office actually uh, gained uh, momentum mm-hmm. in its 12th mm-hmm. week of, after being out for that long. Wayne the that, Danger Zone. Yeah. <laughs> and that movie is Top Gun Maverick, which uh, was re-released in IMAX theaters last week. I don't know if you guys, or in, in this past weekend. Man, I don't know if you guys Just saw like it. we predicted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely during the summer movie wager, we predicted mm-hmm. that would happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it made $7 million, uh, at, which is 2% higher than it made the previous weekend. And it now has a domestic total of $673.8 million. We, it is possible that by the end of summer, Top Gun Maverick, in its third or fourth month of release, might be number one or two again, hmm. <laughs> which is astonishing. Astonishing. Yes. Absolutely astonishing. And something that we called 100%. Oh, we nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> And there's, there's a record no, coming, guys. There's no record otherwise. <laughs> That's true. Remember, we do control it all. So yeah. you remember how in uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, like Tom Cruise is at the top of the Burj Khalifa and he sees this dust storm coming in the distance, right? And mm-hmm. he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, like it's not it's far away. We'll deal with yeah, that later. I got like, time. We'll do, yeah. We'll deal with it. I got time, we'll deal with that later. That dust storm is the follow-up episode for the summer movie wage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the car chase where you can't see anything. That's it is yeah. a reckoning that yeah. is coming for this podcast. And uh, we will have to all reckon with it. But anyway, amazing that it's still going strong. And also, I have been desperately trying to find an IMAX screening, screening that I can get to. So uh, <laughs> I am part of the problem. 
Anyway. How many times have you seen that movie at this point? Three times in theaters. Three times in theaters. But, yeah. Uh, hopefully uh, get a fourth or fifth in there before uh, time's up. So, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, well, let's get to what we've been watching this week, folks. I had a chance to watch a movie called Not Okay. Uh, this is a movie, a Fox Searchlight movie that is on Hulu. It's directed by Quinn Shepard. Uh, have you guys heard of this movie? I have not. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I am okay. going to give away the premise of this movie. I, you know, it's a pretty straightforward premise. You find out in the first like fifteen minutes of the movie, so it's not it's not too um, too out there. But the premise of the movie is that there is a uh, woman who's the main character of this movie, um, who lies. And pretends that she was invited. She's like trying to make it as a journalist slash writer. She works at a uh, at a BuzzFeed esque site called Depravity, and she lies and pretends that she has been invited to a writers retreat in France, right, to to make herself seem more important and uh, more of a talented writer than she is otherwise. Um, and so, in, in order to pull this off, she photoshops images of herself in front of French landmarks, right, like the Arc de Triomphe and Eiffel Tower and all that stuff, right? And she posts them on her Instagram. And she wakes up one day and her phone is is awash with notifications because it turns out what has happened is there has been a terrorist attack in France and everyone is checking to see if she's okay. <laughs> um, and so then she's like, she then needs to continue the lie, right? She needs to be like, oh, well, yes, of course. And then... Um, things unfurl from there. And I think that Not Okay, the movie on Hulu is a really smart, trenchant satire of the modern internet age. I think that social media has completely skewed uh, the incentives for what it is, what people need to do to behave online. And it, it, it has made people do outrageous, unthinkable things. And I think that this movie explores what the logical endpoint of that is mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in a way that's a very smart, very funny, very cringy. Um, I really liked it. I don't think this movie is for everyone. Like, I, I feel like Jeff Kanata would like hate this movie. Is my kind no. of <laughs> I was, my like, guess. I was getting excited. Wow. That I might check it out. I, I mean, I th- I think you should. You still should. But like, it has a very. It's it's definitely explicitly a satire. It has a very kind of in your face style. Um, but I, I love that. I think all the performances in this movie are so good. Specifically, you know, Zoe, Zoe Deutsch plays Danny Sanders, the main character. She's great. But there is a, uh, a girl who I've never seen before named Mia Isaac, who plays a character named Rowan Aldrin, who I'm not going to explain like what her character is in this movie. But this is my first time, I think, seeing her in a movie. And uh, she's incredible. This is like a star making performance for her. Mm-hmm. And I hope that she gets a lot more attention as a result of this. Um, but. This movie made me think of a lot of other movies and real life situations. Like, did you guys hear about this Grey's Anatomy writer, the the Grey's Anatomy writer situation who like made up uh, the fact that she had cancer? Yeah. Mm. Or or the comedian who who said he was at 9-11, right? Yes, exactly. That's another situation too. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil a show that I have recommended a number of times, but uh, I love this for you is specifically about that as well. Oh yeah. 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 But there is a woman named Elizabeth Finch, uh, who is a writer on Grey's Anatomy, or was a writer on Grey's Anatomy, and like uh, 
pretend that she had, that she had cancer and like faked like going to treatment and all these things. And um, I read the saga of this at Vanity Fair, and it's riveting and it's also fascinating because basically, like, mm-hmm. if you if people think you have cancer, they they treat you better. They treat you different, yeah, yeah. Right? And so she was leveraging that to her advantage, and it's horrifying to think about. It's horrifying to think about like her somebody preying on people's mm-hmm. kind impulses like you really also, need like, to watch that show it's exactly what that show's mm, about mm. exactly um, what that oh yeah yeah, yeah. no 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 i i have seen yeah i i it just occurred to me that yeah i love this for you um the um what's her name vanessa bear show yeah i yeah. i uh i've watched like most of the first season it's specifically what that show is yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's good it's good um there was a story recently about a an author a very like a new author who apparently had plagiarized her book and ended up plagiarizing her apology about mm, plagiarizing, so it's like amazing. there's a lot of like psych- you know, psychological stuff going on. But I, am I respect by consistency, it. though. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm a scorpion. What do you expect me to do? I don't know. I'm just yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, by the way, that name sounds familiar. Dave, Mia, Isaac. She's in that new John Cho movie, which I want to see. Don't make me go. That's on Amazon mm. right now. So I hear oh, that yeah, movie yeah. is really good. Yeah. Well, she is incredible in this movie. Not okay. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, I'm actually bummed that like the, the image, the poster image art is like Zoe Deutsch, but like she is, uh, a co-lead in my, in my estimation. She's nice. so good in this movie. Um, why do you and, not think I'll like it? Oh, I think just like stylistically, it's really, uh, it, mm. I, could, I think people could find it grading for me. I'm like, uh, this is, this is perfect. But like, I, you're all about just, grading. <laughs> this makes me physically thank uncomfortable you. Thank, yes. you. thank you jeff um but uh what was the example you brought oh yeah the the example of the guy who pretended that or he pretended that he that he was at um 9-11 he was mm-hmm. uh, he wasn't even like i don't even think he pretended he was in the building of 9-11 i think he was right. just it, like it was near- a rumor that start like somebody mistook something and he never corrected it I think. right right i think he right. said he was like in midtown at the yeah, time of 9-11. Yeah. And so uh, it's Steve Ranazisi, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, he was talking, I, I listened to the whole Howard Stern interview with Steve Ranazisi where he kind of talks about the experience. And um, he was had just moved to LA. You know, he was new to everyone. And somebody introduced him as like, oh, this is Steve Ranazisi. He was like at, Nine, like he was in Midtown right, when right. 9-11 happened or something along, along those lines. And he's like, oh yeah, hi, that's me. And then you have about, 30 seconds to correct that yes. misconception yes before it becomes super duper weird it's like right? when somebody mispronounces yeah. your name and you don't uh you don't right. correct them and that that right. kind of be is the way they say your name for forever and then it's like what well, if you correct your any any yeah. later than that yep and yep. it's like what well, well why did you let me misconstrue <laughs> that for like yeah, the last yeah. five minutes you know yeah. and and it's just so it's so fascinating to me you know people's um aversion to discomfort right it's also the uh the first episode of the rehearsal right with that that guy who allows people to think that he got a degree that he didn't get yeah right very similar very similar and so uh all these kind of thoughts swirling in my head and you mix that in with basically like the incentives of social media uh and i think this is like really smart movie that sticks the landing uh it's great I'd, I'd recommend it if you want a look at what it's like to be online. I think it really gets like what it's like to to be very online these days, which I am. Um, and so I'd recommend it. It's not okay. And it's streaming on Hulu. And uh, Quinn Shepard is super talented uh, writer-director. And uh, can't wait to see what she does next. We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Microdose Gummies. 
You've probably heard about the idea of microdosing. It's about taking, you know, small amounts of CBD or THC to give you things like a creative boost or just to help out with anxiety or just help you with sleep or, you know, just for fun. Microdose Gummies delivers a perfect entry-level dose of THC that'll help you feel, you know, the right amount of good. And I've been taking CBD products for a while now, and what I really like about Microdose Gummies is that they're easy to take. They're little gummies, and they're chewable, and they taste good. Uh, they're not like oily drops or other edibles that just have a really strong taste. These days, I've been using them to just, you know, relax after a long day of uh, child rearing or just, you know, after a very busy week. If you've used CBD products before or if you're new to this whole thing, I think microdose gummies are worth a try. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code FILMCAST to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. But again, that's microdose.com and code FILMCAST. Let's talk about other stuff I've been watching. Um, all right, guys. So the Batman. I don't uh-huh. know if you guys remember. It's a movie that uh, came out a couple months ago. Familiar, um, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it uh, Matt Reeves directed it. Uh, stars Robert Pattinson. You know that kind of stuff. Um, and I did not like it very much. And uh, how, how do I talk about this? Basically, uh, a friend of mine. Uh-huh. Let's call him Blavid Blen. Um, showed me this cut of this movie that was really interesting. Uh, that that Blave had found online. It was called The Batman: Silent Night, and it was uh done by this person named B. Peterson, who is a podcast host. And B. Peterson wrote this editor's note that I'm going to read to you. The Batman is, in my personal estimation, not a successful film. While much of its aesthetic is admirable, its superficial trappings do not justify its long runtime. The mishandlings of its female characters, both seen and unseen, are legion. And any interesting ideas it does bring up are invariably walked back. All that being said, I saw within the Batman much potential. And so I set about bringing it out to the best of my ability. The Batman, Silent Night, is a silent recut of the Batman with a synced score, re-edited, re-scripted, and re-scored by me. I think it's a lot better now. I'm biased. That is the note from B. Peterson. I watched the Batman Silent Night, and I think it's pretty interesting. I don't think it's like a substitution for the movie, mm. um, but you guys remember like on DVDs and Blu-rays, there used to be these cuts of the movie that are silent but with synced score. Yeah. Probably yeah. the most prominent recent example of this would be The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson's movie, which I think, I'm not sure, but I think at one point, possibly still, you can watch The Last Jedi with just the score mm-hmm. and no dialogue, no sound effects, um, but just the score. I think it's a really great experience. Um, and it lets you appreciate both the score more and also just the visual uh, composition of the movie a lot better than watching it with all the sound effects and narration, the sound mixing, and so on and so forth. Um, and so I don't know that I would recommend this cut, but I just think it's it's really interesting that we're seeing this kind of thing happen more and more often now. Now that you can spend... You, you can use iMovie for free or you can spend a few hundred bucks and get a pro-level editing software. Mm-hmm. Um, fans who don't like movies or how they turned out or in, in recent years uh, or recent days, there's been uh, the case of, I don't know if you guys saw this guy, Kai Patterson, who um, re-edited the entirety of Obi-Wan into a shorter cut. I don't know if you guys saw that. But uh, I, I think it's fascinating because on the one hand, how dare you? How dare you, as a viewer, think you can do better than yeah. the director? And on the other hand, sure, pretty interesting. Why not? 
pretty interesting. You know, why not? Why not? Um, yeah. You know, th- these people in general aren't profiting from this. Um, and so it's like, huh, why, why, not, why not try to remix and make some some interesting work from it? So it definitely made more sense for me in something like the uh, the prequel Star Wars trilogy, yeah. right? Where there was good there. But it was like really, really hard to find, you know, so the edits around that I've seen like one or two of those things. Those were really interesting, but I also enjoy watching those bits of those movies. So, you know, I I guess it's a tough thing to to balance there. I think that that might be the start of all this. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Wasn't it? um, What's his name? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, But yeah, Kai Kai Patterson recently edited the six episode Obi-Wan into a two and a half hour long movie. Oh, it's totally doable. Um, Yeah. If you just focus on the plot. Yeah. 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 But I've I've seen there's been a bunch of these cuts around, you know, over the years and and like people thinking Mm -hmm. like I can do better. And I'm very torn about it. Like, yeah, it's like, you know. Uh, how dare like do you know how much work goes into making the movie to begin with you know it's massive um and on the other hand it's like hey it's cool that something like this can exist the batman silent night um so yeah uh that is my thoughts on the batman silent night just a cool cool little thing so uh uh and honestly something i enjoyed more than the original the actual batman how dare you yep 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 let's move on Okay, uh, quick shout out for She-Hulk Attorney at Law. I've seen the first couple of episodes, which debut on Disney Plus this week. I'm jealous. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, What's cool about She-Hulk Attorney at Law is basically this is a woman who is an attorney who then comes into the She-Hulk powers and you get to imagine, man, it would be inconvenient to become a superhero if you already have like a a career, you know? (laughs) Awkward in court, yeah. Like it's not like Captain America who like wanted to be in in a part of the troops. Like, you know, imagine the 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 powers coming to you while you are trying to do something completely unrelated to the powers. You know, yeah. um, massive inconvenience, and uh, it's fun that the show pl- plays into that and reflects on that. Um, but yeah, I'll be recapping that show with Sinatra Blaka over at Decoding TV. Um, but uh, She Hulk, Turning It Love, premiering on Disney Plus later this week. Okay, those are some things I've been watching. Devendra, what have you been watching? I've been watching a movie that uh, has everything, guys. Do you like do you like uh, drone shots? <laughs> do you like running uh, handheld uh, camera footage? Do you like uh, giant car chases that go on forever? Do you like zombies that are also like uh, you know uh, fast running berserker zombies that can occasionally use guns? Do you like all this? You'll probably like Carter. The new movie on Netflix. Uh, it's directed by Byung Gil Jung, the guy who did uh, The Villainous. And that's mainly why um, I want to check this out because this movie looks like, if you look at the trailer for this or any uh, selected clips, it basically looks like um, Netflix gave him money to just go wild, like go wild with what he started doing in The Villainous. And I have to say, um, this, this movie's not good. Yeah, like, Devendra, I have never had, I, I have never had a bigger come down uh-huh. from my expectations. Versus the result. Well, then Car- Carter, because l- let me elaborate. Yeah. 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 If you uh, want people, if you want to hear people speak, um, <laughs> not the movie for you. If you want to have like, uh, they've, they've left silent movies. He just, yeah. well, just watched one. He just watched just removed movie. all the talking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This is very much a B-level movie, and it reminds me of like the '80s and '90s when I just get random, uh, you know, VHS rips of uh, of of Hong Kong movies, and many of them would be terrible. You know, occasionally I'll find a better tomorrow and I'll be like, "Oh, this is this has changed my life." And then sometimes it's just okay action 
filled with like a lot of like uh people uh like local actors um who aren't very good you know and it just feels really campy and cheesy this movie is a lot of that unfortunately um but i will say the action is really good i don't know if you did you finish it dave or did you just give up yeah so when you think about the the pitch for this movie uh-huh it is uh the guy who directed the villainous right and a one one take action movie well I'm seemingly like, one take yeah uh, yeah yeah i'm like that is literally sure you're catnip d- yeah. david chen catnip it's everything i could possibly want in a movie um i got five minutes into the movie and i was like okay i don't think i need to finish the rest of this movie yeah um, um i think that's a little harsh but okay um i will because say here's a, here's the thing yeah. i think like the first five minutes almost literally made me ill um, it's, it's not good because yeah. the way they do the one take is using incredibly obvious kind of visual effects and blending. It, it mm-hmm, looks like mm-hmm. they use like blending modes from like Adobe <laughs> Premiere in this. Like the one take things they like go behind characters. They'll do like the traditional things, and then sometimes they don't. They're basically all individual clips that they have stitched together. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it, yeah. It, usually for like a one, like 1917 like the Sam Mendes movie it's like mm-hmm. you'll get like 5 10 15 minutes and then they'll like hide a stitch in that movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and in Carter the movie on Netflix it's like 10 every 10 yeah. seconds there's a new stitch to it listen a, listen a, a, yeah. this movie does not care about that stuff it's like <laughs> yeah of course this is artificial whatever um i think the beginning of this movie is super rough they should have just like started with a big action scene to just like really whet our appetites i think about like 10 to 15 minutes in you start to see like what this movie is doing and um as, as like a dramatic film as a narrative not good as an action movie that's kind of like peeking at where we could be headed with like this movie does a lot of shit with um it's not just drone shots like the camera is always moving it's all over the place there's definitely like a lot of like artificial um like backgrounds and stuff too sometimes it looks like it's using like an unreal game engine thing <laughs> as well like it is it is everything yeah. all at once and um a lot of it just doesn't look good but it does seem like man, we're kind of looking at like where this stuff could go um, in the future. Like this stuff could be rendered better, could mm-hmm. be acted better, maybe not force it trying to be a one take movie. You don't need to do that. Um, there's some really cool stuff here. So I do think it's uh, like it, it's worth just like watching it like a TV movie, maybe or like a TV series, Dave, because it also shouldn't be two hours and 12 minutes long. This yeah, thing, that was the thing. It should be a bullet to the head. It should be like 90 minutes, you know? Um, but there's just so much. There's like uh, a, a plot to overtake uh, North Korea's government. There's like CIA <laughs> shenanigans. Mike Coulter from uh, Luke Cage shows up in this movie. Like it is just a ton of things all at once. Camilla Bell is in here too. Um, it is an overstuffed B movie, but I had a good time with the action. Um, I, I, I can assume like Jeff, if you had seen this movie, I, I would have loved to watch this with you, both of you actually, just to see like how you guys respond to the cringiness of the dialogue <laughs> and the horrible acting, like just, yeah. God, awful. just it was, it, oh, was it was rough. This is the thing. I'm like, I'm so excited. I'm, I yeah. can't believe how excited I was to put this on the video. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, the guy who made the villain amazing, like so excited. And then I'm like, oh, okay, like mm-hmm, these cuts mm-hmm. are pretty obvious but and then the people start talking and i'm like no, oh my god it's bad. awful like, stop talking yeah. please i will say yeah. this movie never like reaches the heights of the opening scene of the villainous or even like the the uh, awesome uh sword fight motorcycle scene but this movie does have helicopters 
like flipping 180 degrees, which is not physically possible. But imagine, imagine if one helicopter is trying to dodge another helicopter. So it flips over and the blades are like, you know, facing each other and they're almost touching. So they're almost touching. Like there, there's just weird stuff I've never seen here and truly like inventive off the wall action. Um, it's all ridiculous, you know, but I think uh, I had a lot of fun, like how crazy it goes with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Jeff, definitely put not okay on your list before not, not okay. Carter. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, you can probably just the Carter scenes on YouTube will probably be enough to get the action. But I think the the way they shoot the action is like I it's it's sort of like uh, what was the uh, the Russian movie that was like a little Russian thing. Uh, no, uh, uh, Hardcore Henry or Hardcore. hardcore... Henry. It is very much like Hardcore Henry meets um, meets Crank. You know, with the with the like mental energy of the guy who gave us the villainous, and it's all over the place. But there is something, I don't know, something I, I find really interesting about it. I'm gonna, yeah, it, it's clear that like I think you see like potential for like what the future might be, and I don't think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love one take movies; like they're one of my favorite things in the world. And sure, like sure. I love even when people attempt one take movies. <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah. it's uh-huh. like oh, that didn't quite work, but I love that you tried it. This is the yeah. audacity of it. This yeah. this found this was my limit of like if, if you watch more than five minutes, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe you'll see like this movie. The camera will move from first person into outside, and, like go all around vehicles. Yeah, it, is, like, it is wild. I'm just it like no, wild. I don't, I yeah. don't. Uh, you, you know, you found the limit of what I will take for a one take movie. I mean, like <laughs> wow. There's so many other better one take movies, you know. Okay, I haven't there seen are, the whole sure, thing. Sure, sure. Haven't seen the whole thing, but like the one takeness is not the reason to watch this movie. I think it's the yeah. impulsiveness of the camera and I the way like what I he's doing is so wild because I would have been more likely to watch it. But yeah, um, yeah. But for for like the complete opposite of this in terms of one take, I would recommend the 2015 film Victoria. Oh, it's a masterpiece. Sure, sure. Yeah, I love um, that movie. Which which is actually I think in one take, if I recall mm-hmm. correctly. Yes, a legit, um, not not a, not spliced together. Yeah, and it's like very low key for much of it, and then mm-hmm. like I love that movie. Yeah, there's like a lot of great things about that movie, and um, I also love Hardcore Henry. Yeah, yeah, it's so, a great movie. Jeff, I actually think you should watch this. Just like, just grip grip your seat when people are talking because you don't want to hear any of this dialogue. Just like shut it out of your brain. Uh, but to see what people are doing, I, I have I, we have to look at like how they made this. But there's def- there are definitely like game engines involved here. Like it doesn't look great. But it's kind of it's fascinating in sort of like an in-game cutscene kind of way. Um, I just find it fascinating. It's not a great movie, but it, it is sure an interesting thing to watch. All right. Well, that's Carter, and it's on Netflix. Uh, Devendra, I'm also going to go to you for the resort. You recommended this to our text thread. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about this show. Uh, yeah, I just started this. Uh, this is a show um, created by the guy who wrote um, Palm Springs. And it stars, let me just pull this up because I was not fully prepared to talk about this one. But uh, yeah, it stars Kristen Milioti and William Jackson Harper. Now imagine this, Kristen Milioti is in is in a kind of an enclosed space. She's dealing with a relationship that is like kind of messy, kind of rocky. She's feeling her 20-something, 30-something malaise. Um, I feel like this is like the but enough third... about made for love enough about made for love or so many other Kristen Milioti products <laughs> projects to be honest like it is weird how she has typed herself into this uh this is a show about yeah th- this these two people as a couple who go to a resort trying to um trying to relax a bit trying to um kind of reconnect their relationship but they basically stumble into what looks to be a murder mystery so there's a lot of search party 
in this show as well. Um, so it's also about them, but it, then it flashes back to uh, to other characters, including um, Skylar G- Gizondo, who you know has been in so many things. He was in Scream, right, and uh, in a bunch of Netflix shows. And Nick Offerman is in this as well. There are a whole bunch of really interesting folks in this, and it travels back from the the timeline with Kristen Milioti. Uh, back to the timeline when uh, this potential murder took place. I find it really, really interesting and fun to watch. And it's a nice little resort escape. Um, but it, I just found it funny. I was like, man, I, I don't know how many times Kristen Milioti can do this, but she's done it again. And this one's definitely worth watching. She definitely I, has that uh, resting over it face, you know? <laughs> it's like deer in the headlights. She's just like, I am so over this all the yeah. time. And I think that's why she gets cast in those parts. Yeah. But. Jeff Kanata, I think you've been watching this show as well, right? Um, I have. In fact, when Devendra texted us about it, I literally was like, we just finished episode three. Uh, as of this recording, there have been five episodes of The Resort released. Mm-hmm. I did not know when I started watching the show that it was a uh, weekly release schedule. I thought it was all all released. Mm-hmm. One and done. We, You're like, what is the, this? Yeah. Yeah, we got to the end of episode five, and I was like, okay, on to the next one. What? What? <laughs> I was very upset that uh, I could not watch more because I think, like I said, we're just about, we, we just finished episode five. So mm-hmm. uh, who knows? But I think show's about to get crazy, crazy. Uh, <laughs> and I am so into this show. It is, uh, it is very cool. It's very interesting. It's got some interesting stuff to say about sort of relationships and, 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 human beings but i think i don't know yet but i'm pretty sure there's some sci-fi shit in the show guys <laughs> and we're about it's about to get bonkers i uh, i mean i hope we're not building up like true detective you know sort I of know. but uh it, it is interesting even if it doesn't end up being sci-fi there's a lot of weird stuff going on here that i find there's compelling. definitely yeah. some weird stuff and, there, and it, there's like cults and stuff going on yeah there's i mean it's it's uh it's dropping hints that like there's a connection between the two timelines. I think it's a time travel show. Uh, I don't mm. know. I don't know. But I think that there's a connection between the two characters from the past and the two characters from the present. There's all these weird insinuations about them. Uh, there's stuff that happens that I'm not going to reveal that's like impossible to have happened. So <laughs> what's that about? Um, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I'm so hooked on the uh, the question marks uh, in this show, the, you know, the the sort of lost style, like, well, that doesn't add up. Um, so I hope that it sticks the landing as of right now. Don't know if it will. Can't 100% uh, recommend it based on not knowing if it's going to have a good landing, but I am digging it, digging the resort. Uh, it's it's really different, really kind of quirky. It it when it goes back and forth between the timelines much more sort of liberally and loosely than most shows that do that kind of thing. You're it just gives you large swaths of, of information. You know, these people are investigating and mm-hmm. usually in a show like that, you'll investigate a moment and then you'll sort of maybe flash back and see that moment. Not here <laughs> in this show. You're like, you you're given way more information than the characters investigating. And then, you are sort of ahead of them. It's it's very interesting the way it handles all that stuff. And I've never really seen a show yeah. do it quite like that. It's a good follow-up to Search Party, to be honest. Like, it is a similar vibe, just a very different locale. Yeah. I don't think it's well, quite... At, I mean, it's it's got some humor to it. I don't think it's quite as funny as Search Party is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but and, and not quite as absurd. This is much more sort of grounded, but eerie, you know? Yeah. 
Well, I am definitely going to check this one out because I've heard so many good things about it from both of you guys and other folks on the internet as well. Uh, it's called The Resort, and it's on Peacock right it's now. It's on the cock. And, yeah. Yep. Um, and the thing is, I don't know if you guys heard this, but did you hear that uh, Peacock added zero paid subscribers in the second quarter of 2022? That's, zero? That's, that's incredible. impressive. Because that's, nobody's heard of it. You know, like they, it's really, people just forget. That's it's difficult really to pull tough. off. It's difficult. Well, they, they offer some things for free too, so I think people just survive with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's like P- P- Peacock launched in April of 2020. Um, we are less than two and a half years out from its launch. That that is too soon for the the, the service to have found its ceiling. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's that, that's rough. You're man. saying zero is a ceiling, Dave? I don't know. <laughs> Here's yeah, the thing it has, about it has 13 million paid subscribers and uh, 27 million monthly active users. That's not uh, bad. And that's very <laughs> scary because there's actually some really high quality shows on Peacock. Well, sure. here's the thing about Peacock that I will say that's a compliment to it, but maybe it's shooting itself in the foot. I think Peacock has the most unobtrusive ads of any streaming <laughs> service. Mm-hmm. Don't say and that. that. Don't unfortunately, say that. I think that might be a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, yeah. Now for yeah. a word from our sponsors. Hey, I got to jump in here and tell you about our sponsor, HelloFresh. It is truly one of the things that makes my life better. I have been a HelloFresh subscriber for years now. Years, a happy subscriber using my own money to subscribe to something. And now I am recommending it to you. I mean, it helps that they sponsor the show, but I'm happy to talk about it because I truly love HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients. And seasonal recipes that are delivered right to your doorstep. You get to skip trips to the grocery store because HelloFresh makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That is why it is America's number one meal kit. Now, summer is almost over, but you can savor every last second with HelloFresh because HelloFresh delivers fresh, quality produce from the farm to your door in less than a week, allowing you to enjoy the delicious flavors of the season right from home. You don't have to go to the grocery store. This is my favorite thing about it. You don't have to go to the grocery store and spend more time soaking up that last summer sun. You get to enjoy the summer instead of spending it waiting in line at the grocery store. HelloFresh Market is a one-stop shop for all your mealtime needs with a curated selection of quick breakfasts, lunches, snacks, desserts, and more. That's in addition to the awesome meals. And if you're, you know, if you're trying to squeeze one last vacation into summer before it ends, you can update your delivery address and enjoy HelloFresh at your vacation destination with just a click or simply skip a week. Plans are flexible. They don't they don't have to you don't have to stress about it. They work with your your changing schedule. And when fall is here, you're going to get 55, over 55 weekly options to take the stress out of meal planning and prepping from family-friendly to fit and wholesome, even veggie, all these kinds of meals. HelloFresh has tasty and nutritious meals that are sure to please everyone. So check it out. Do what my family does. I have been doing for years. Go to HelloFresh.com slash filmcast sixteen. And then use the code FILMCAST16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T-1-6 
and that promo code FILMCASD16, Filmcast16, for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. All right. Um, well, let's get to what Jeff Kanata has been watching this week. Well, uh, I, I'm sure many people listening are aware uh, August 10th was a, a uh, should have been a national holiday. It was a it holiday in our house uh, because <laughs> it was the American debut of season three of the best show on television, Bluey. Woo! Uh, it was a massive event in the Kanata household. All oh, the kids woke up early, ran into the bedroom. We turned on <laughs> the new episodes of Bluey. Our nanny you know, came the over. The Bluey tree. Everybody put on their Bluey outfits. <laughs> yes. You know. Uh, yeah. It, it, I mean, not you're not wrong. There was a lot of Bluey outfits and a lot of Bluey action figures involved. Um, it uh, Bluey is a pure joy. I I I do. I am not being hyperbolic when I say it's the best show on TV. I think it is, mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. among the best shows on TV, among the best shows ever made, certainly the best kids show I've ever seen. Uh, and, and season three is a delight as you might expect. They have not dropped the ball. Uh, some high, I mean, I, so Australian show about anthropomorphized dogs that just sort of behave like people. Um, yeah. Don't ask about the animal like uh, ecosystem in this world. It's very confusing. It is. Yeah. It is. But it's. It we do. We do find out that uh, um, one of the characters. The characters have middle names, which uh-huh, is hilarious. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, the um, it's been out in Australia. It's Australian show. Season three has been out in Australia. There has for been, a year, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah for, for a while. long time. Uh, and uh, Disney Plus is the place in America where you're able to watch Bluey, and it it looks to be the case that they're splitting up season mm-hmm. three into two releases. So it's only the first 25 episodes, which sounds like a lot, but they're only like seven, eight uh, minutes a piece. Yeah. Uh, and um, there are some real gems in this first uh, batch of releases. There's an episode called rain that is uh complete. It's, it's, it's like, uh, it's like your Batman silent night, Dave. It's completely mm-hmm. nonverbal. Perfect. Yeah, uh, it is beautiful. It's all expressed through animation, which is unbelievable. It's just gorgeous. Uh, there's many moments in the season where I cried. Um, the uh, there's an episode. I think my favorite episode of season three currently, although that will fluctuate, I'm sure, over time, because, uh, you know, as, as much as we've watched these episodes, we're only beginning to watch these episodes, yeah. guys. You watch these episodes hundreds of times hundreds per episode. Of times. So. so, yes. Um, the uh, the episode Facey Time, which is uh, basically uh, Bluey and Bingo, the two mm-hmm. sisters. Facey Talk, because they can't be too talk, close to right. FaceTime. Facey Talk, yeah. pardon me. Uh, Facey Talk. They, they have a, uh, a FaceTime conversation with their cousins, uh, Muffin and Socks. And... Uh, <laughs> and the whole thing takes place in sort of split screen where you see the two FaceTimes and uh, Muffin, who is a notoriously ill-behaved child, uh, <laughs> absconds with the phone and starts running around. And it is incredible. It's so funny, so smart. And it's exactly my life. Like, sadly, I turn to my wife and I'm like, you know, this is us when we call your sister's kids, except we're Muffin and Socks. We're the bad kids. Um <laughs> It's delightful. It's amazing. I cannot recommend the show higher. Even if you don't have kids, I think you will get something out of Bluey. It's just, just perfect. 
Or if you have little people in your life, um, you know what? Uh, when you visit them, watch a little Bluey. Like you yeah. may, you may just like put a little joy into their world. Like spread the word of Bluey. I think uh, every kid could use it right now, and every parent certainly. Yeah, there's lots of lots of wonderful episodes. There's a there's an entire episode. There, I feel feel like season three has more episodes that are sort of focused on the parents mm-hmm. than in seasons one and two. And there's an entire episode where. The parents are trying to do, it's called housework, and they're trying to do housework, but they keep watching their kids do goofy stuff, and they just can't get over how goofy their kids are, and it's just, it's amazing. It's, the show is so observant, so beautiful, it, it, there's another episode where the dad, like, pretends to be a French chef, but the only words in French he knows is bonjour, so he just keeps saying bonjour over and over. That's delightful. It's delightful. Blue is perfect. Yeah. The best kids thing ever made. Indeed. Yep. I agree. All right, that's Bluey season three. Jeff, how'd you watch it again? On uh, Disney Plus. Got it. And yeah. that's something Jeff's been watching this week. Uh, Jeff, you want to hit one of these other titles? I uh, I will talk more about this next week. But I I had such a um, I had such a, a withdrawals about uh, <laughs> about not being able to have more episodes of the resort. <laughs> I was like I. We were at episode five. We're like moving right along, right along, right along. And, and then it's like, nope, nope. That's the last episode that's out. I'm like, what do okay. I do? You look wow. at your wife like, you're how jonesing. We... Yeah. 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 I need, I need. And we, need I looked, it was like, uh, uh, I looked and it said, uh, you know, new episodes released on Thursday. And we're like watching it Friday <laughs> night. I'm like, no, the whole week. And uh, so we went searching for a show that had similar vibe. And we came upon Paper Girls, mm-hmm. which I'm also really, really loving. Uh, but I will save most of my thoughts about that for next week. But I will tell you, I'm super into the show, which is explicitly about time travel. Yes. And I'm such a time travel nerd. I love I love time travel stories. And this one is like, the premise is basically a bunch of kids from the 80s time travel to 2019 and meet themselves. Mm, <laughs> and like, it's like, this show is just like, hey, you know what? Screw uh, paradoxes. Let's just go there and just see what happens. Fun. Yeah. It's based on the uh, the Brian K. Vaughn uh, yes. comic, and mm-hmm. I love everything that man touches. So I will Agreed. definitely be watching this show. I love the book. Yeah. It's super good. It's super good, but I'll, I'll talk about it more uh, more next week. And maybe by that time, David and Julia have checked it out. Yep. Um, there's a kind of a theme this week for me on the film cast, guys. And it is uh, my friends who are much more successful than me. <laughs> because uh-huh. because uh, we obviously we're doing Dan's movie as the main review. And uh, pa- Paper <laughs> Girls has uh, one of my good friends from college, Cliff uh, Chamberlain, who is, is has a big uh, part in it. He's very, oh, nice. very good in Paper Girls. And uh, I also watched a, a movie on Shudder called Glorious, which was produced by uh, Morgan Peter Brown, who's my friend and uh, one of the cast members on the Dungeon Run. So, you know, uh, lots of, uh, lots of friends of mine. Way more successful than me. If mm-hmm. it makes you feel any better, Jeff, a lot of our listeners still don't know what our faces look like. So <laughs> that really, really sells it. Yeah, that didn't make right. me feel better at all. Anyway, Glorious <laughs> is a uh, a low budget horror movie, single location, just a, a a couple of characters. These are my kind of movies. I love, you know me. I love uh, bottle movies, bottle episodes, bottle movies. I love talkies i love movies that could have been a play you know but it's just it's just a couple people in one place can't leave love that uh so glorious uh definitely catnip for for the old jeff meister over here mm-hmm. and uh the talkies, idea of the ta- huh? what's that talkies real talkies 
Talkies, I believe, is uh, the, just uh, short for talking pictures. You yeah, know, which is yeah, what, which um, you have already come out against with your Silent Night review. <laughs> totally, yeah. totally, totally. You, you want to take the talkies and just eliminate all the talking from the. Talkies. I wish we had never gotten talkie technology. Really, <laughs> yeah, is what it is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, glorious. The the concept of glorious is a dude who's uh, on a road trip for some reason uh, stops at a a rest stop. Stops at one of those. Um, those places that that exist only to have a bathroom break on long trips, like there's no mm-hmm. other reason for them to be there. It's literally just a bathroom in the middle of nowhere um, along a highway. And uh, inside that bathroom in the adjacent stall is an eldritch horror, it, mm. is, mm. is, a, is an elder god of the Lovecraftian variety. Um, and that that uh, elder god is, is played by... Uh, by uh, J.K. Simmons, uh, which is, it, it, you just hear his voice through the stall for most of the movie. Um, it's a, it's a, it, and there's a, and the, between the stalls, of course, there's a glory hole, hence the, hence the title glorious. There's a glory hole. Uh, and uh, so he, he talks to this, uh, this, this demonic elder God. Um, I think that's a delicious premise. And uh, the movie is the, the word, one of the words I would use to describe this movie is, Goopy. <laughs> There's wow. lots of goop. Lots yeah. of goop. If you like your horror movies goopy, you're going to enjoy Glorious. Uh, There's lots of goop. And um, really delivering on the glory hole premise there. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. indeed. Uh, there's, a, you know, there's an entire classification of, of horror movies <laughs> that are just, you know, uh, just messy, goopy messes. And yeah. This- I mean, you weren't a fan of Mad God, which is also, I would describe, very goopy. You know, it's true. Yeah. A lot of ultimate and goop. Yeah. A lot of yeah. goop in that movie. Goop yeah, but you, you, remember, you remember how I uh, how I just talked about the premise of Glorious? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, like movies, I like movies with premises. <laughs> <laughs> this also explains why you're such a fan of BJ Novak's The Premise, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do like premises. <laughs> it's um, also both the title, yeah, and the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Glorious is is fun. It's a it's a it's a real brisk watch. It's it's like eighty minutes. Um, love an eighty minute movie. Love love an eighty minute movie. movie. Yes. You know, it's like a, barely an episode of. It's mm-hmm. not. It's less than an episode of Strange Th- Stranger yes. Things. Less than an episode <laughs> of the film cast. You know? <laughs> That's oh, true yeah. too. Yeah. That's true yeah. too. And now that you Imagine have to watch all the us, other things you could be doing with your lives, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, I think, um, Glorious, uh, is, is for horror fans. It's for, it's, it's funny. Uh, it does not take itself seriously at all. As you probably can tell by the premise, it's a goofy premise in the best possible way. Like it's over the top and the movie goes over the top. Uh, so, uh, congratulations to my buddy, Morgan, Peter Brown for producing this movie and, and pulling it off. And it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's certainly not for everyone, but if you're one of those people that likes, uh, indie horror movies that likes uh, messy horror movies and likes a, a fun, silly premise that doesn't take itself seriously. Uh, I think you'll enjoy G- Glorious on Shudder. All right, that's what we've been watching this week. Let's get to weekly plugs. Weekly plugs are part of the show each week where we. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, you can't stop again. the rocking, Dave. Don't stop again. the rocking. <laughs> Ahem, as I was saying, <laughs> weekly plugs the part of the show each week where we plug something uh, else that we've been making. I have a big announcement this week. Um, I have launched a new paid website called decodingtv.com. And essentially what this is, is uh, I have been continuing 
two of my TV recap podcasts, Decoding TV, and also A Cast of Kings. Uh, I used to host those podcasts with Joanna Robinson. She's now podcasting for The Ringer. Um, but uh, I was able to find new co-hosts for them. I've really enjoyed working with them. And we are trying to continue those shows throughout the year. Uh, and in, if you want to support that effort, it's very easy to do that. Go to decodingtv.com. You can sign up for ad-free episodes, exclusive bonus segments, as well as early access to shows um, and the ability to join the community over there. So uh, I've never really, you know, I've done a bunch of assorted TV stuff over the course of the last decade. I've never really had one home for it. And I'm hoping decodingtv.com will be it and mm -hmm, that I'll mm -hmm. be able to kind of build it up in the future. That's great. But You've never really had a show to talk about TV, right? <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame. I, I wish you had that platform, Dave. <laughs> but anyway, I'm hoping uh, that uh, people will join and uh, allow me to continue working with these folks for a long into the future. Again, that's at decodingtv.com. And um, House of the Dragon, new Game of Thrones show, premieres this Sunday. Uh, and so you'll be able to get a recap of that on Cast Kings. Cool. Here on the oh. Filmcast, we leave all the TV coded. So that's <laughs> We're not thing. interested in decoding. We yeah. just leave it coded. Uh, but Dave, no, in all seriousness, congratulations. I think this is an awesome yes, uh, step for you. For and sure. uh, we're, you know, we're, uh, we're rooting for decoding TV. And, and it's just amazing that you're doubling down. I think Devendra and I have been wanting this for you for a long time to quit that pesky day job and really get serious. It's serious. We're proud well, I've appreciated all of your support and encouragement, guys, and um, uh, patrons of this, uh, of the Slash Filmcast, and also, uh, or the Filmcast and patrons of my own personal Patreon page. Like, it's because of you guys uh, on this podcast, you guys at the Patreons, uh, it's why I can, like, take a chance like this. And it's it's nerve-wracking to go out, you know, to do something like this. You know, you never know what's going to happen. And so, um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, I'm hopeful, and uh, I think uh, things will shape up, especially once... Uh, House of the Dragon picks up, which is going to be next week. I think that show's probably going to be pretty big, but we you, know, you never know. You never know. Maybe yeah, it's going to be especially with the way that Game of Thrones ended. You never know if mm -hmm. you right. just soured mm -hmm. on the whole, whole And thing. also Lord yeah. of the Rings is coming, so like there, it's going to be a yeah. big fantasy battle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. A lot of stuff coming. Uh, you know, and stay tuned for announcements around that uh, for, for the show as well. So anyway, uh, DecodingTV.com, that's my weekly plug. Devinder Hardware, what's your weekly plug? Oh, I'm, I'm still on baby duty this month, so I don't have any other projects to plug right now, but Woo! I do want to shout out the latest episode of the Engadget podcast. Um, they went over the Galaxy Z Fold 4 and Z Flip 4 that were just announced. Foldable phones. I'm still not a huge fan, but uh, it is interesting to see like Samsung just like doubling down on this stuff. So check that out. The latest episode of the show, Engadget podcast. I got to say, I am really into the Apple ecosystem. Like, I love my yeah, iMessage and such, yeah. right? Like... Uh, and all my Apple services, so like I'm probably not going to leave. But dude, it's it's I, cool. I really want a folding phone. Like yeah, it's Apple cool. The downsides, phone. the downsides are are pretty rough too. Like that, I I cannot deal with the uh, the 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 middle crease, which gets mm -hmm. worse and worse the more mm -hmm. you use it. So but it's a conversation piece, Devendra. People will be like, "Ooh, what's going on there?" It is. What's up it with is. your crease? What's yeah, up with your I need crease? to talk to David Chen about this phone. You know what's go what's what's happening over here. Mm -hmm. Um. This is the kind of validation I'm seeking with my technology. <laughs> uh, anyway, check out the Engadget podcast. That's Devinger's weekly plug. Jeff Kanata, your weekly plug? Hey, if you like limericks, and who doesn't? Let's be honest. They're delight. You can get one made for you by me over at cameo.com slash Jeff Kanata. Check out the over 100 five-star reviews that I've received of folks who have been, uh, who have been absolutely thrilled with the limerick that they got 
crafted specifically for them based on their criteria as a gift, as just a personal memento, as really a a a, a lifelong cherishable poem. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. I, I, like, already, where is this, I already said, going? <laughs> I already said gift and memento, and I was like, "Oh, I'm just going to yeah. describe gifts and mementos and again." The third vague thing. The third one of those. <laughs> if you want some of this master of language, yeah, 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 all this and more. I can't talk good, but I can write poems mm-hmm. mildly mm-hmm. better, uh, mm-hmm. marginally better. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a terrible ad for my service, but uh, don't listen to me. Read those reviews. Cameo.com slash Jeff Canada. Over 100 positive reviews, which is shocking when you realize over a thousand people have bought limericks from Jeff. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> if, if it was true, I would be delighted by that. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, I have done over 200 limericks. Over 100 people have bothered to write reviews. But every single person <laughs> that has written a review, it's been a five-star review. Uh, find those over at Jeff Canada's cameo page. A couple plugs for this podcast, of course. You can find more episodes at thefilmcast.com and support it at patreon.com slash filmpodcast where you can sign up for ad-free episodes and exclusive After Darks. Uh, we really appreciate anyone who can uh, support us and help keep this show going. It means a lot. Of course, we never want anyone to donate if it is in any way a financial hardship. So you can always support us for free by using Apple Podcasts to leave us a star rating. It just takes a moment of your time. If you're listening right now, and you haven't left a star rating. And statistically, that's you I'm talking to right now. You who's listening to this right now. Um, please consider taking 10 seconds of your day, heading on over to your podcast app, leave a star rating for us. We'd really, really appreciate it. Okay. Have we told the folks uh, what the awesome After Dark is this week? Uh, no, and I don't wish to disclose it until oh. it's done. Mm. It is very awesome, though. Yeah, it's, pro- it's probably going to be awesome. Um, but you know, I, I don't like jinxing it, Jeff, you know, mm. until, until the record button is done, <laughs> I see. I, I'm hitting I see. stop on the record button. It's not a thing that I'm ready to, I've, I've lost too many recordings and guests in the past, Jeff. Okay. You know? All right. So, but suffice to say the after dark is going to kick ass this week. So we'll leave it at that. Anyway, all that said, let's get to our review of prey. Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. Maui, Nita. Welcome to the Filmcast's conversation about Prey, the newest film by Dan Trachtenberg. I'll read the plot summary from IMDb. The origin story of the Predator in the world of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. Naru, a skilled warrior, fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved Predators to land on Earth. Now, before we get to this review and conversation, we have to acknowledge the the elephant in the room, the bear, the brown bear in the room. The, the giant wh- Predator in the room. Predator yeah. in the room. Um, which is that um, we got conflicts of interest up the wazoo for this thing. Uh, you know, up I would say, the wazoo. Uh, you know, Jeff Kanata has worked with Dan Trachtenberg in an official capacity in the past. Um, I consider Dan uh, a friend. Jeff, uh, I, I know, as, does as well. And so, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, you should not assume that this is going to be a completely impartial review of Prey. Uh, just sure. kind of 
put that. I up. also hate Dan Trachtenberg. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I, I'm fully impartial. Freaking hates his guts, which Man. is weird. The, the seething rage yeah. is also makes Devendra <laughs> impartial. <laughs> no, no, I, uh, I'm fully in this. Uh, we're all a little <laughs> compromised here. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, so you should just know that going in, um, if you want to find a review for from people who don't know Dan Trachtenberg personally. <laughs> There's tons of those on the internet. I would actually uh, recommend the uh, the Pop Culture Happy Hours review, which mm. I think was really well done. And also they shouted out the Totally Rad Show, Jeff. So, Did they mm. really? Yeah. Aww. It was great to hear that Hear that on NPR. Yeah. Wow. All that said, <laughs> in your heart, why don't we start with you? Uh, I, I mean, I'm curious, like, uh-huh. your relationship to the Predator franchise, like, what do you think of these Predator movies? Sure. And, then, uh, and then let's talk about your thoughts on Prey. You know, I really, I really liked, uh, I'm a big fan of the first Predator. Yeah, I grew up on it. So sure. Awesome. Cammy is a big fan of that movie. Predator 2, I've been mean to rewatch. I actually just got that iTunes bundle. So I have not rewatched that since like 1990 something. Um, I really liked Predators, the one that had Adrian Brody in it. I think we even reviewed it. Like that was like almost a decade ago at this point. That was a really fun twist on the concept. The Predator we, I think we were all a little disappointed by that movie because uh, you're talking about the Shane Black, the Shane Black, uh, like Shane Black coming back to this, like it should have been yeah. good. Felt like it was hacked up by the studio, so not not a movie I really loved very much. Um, have to say, this movie is as close to being the perfect Predator movie as I can think of. Like it has a lot of the elements from the first movie in there, um, but it's also like telling a very different story. Um, I think like everything about this movie is well done. Um, like. I've always loved the way Dan shoots action and like, it is just so crisp and clear here. The set pieces are fantastic. Amber mid thunder is tremendous as a lead in this movie. I love that we have something entirely focused on like the Comanche nation and like having a Comanche set story, having even the dub available. I haven't seen that yet, but just the fact that, you know, they even did that, I think is a really Testament to, to like how much they were trying to make this feel authentic. Um, have to say uh the there are a few downsides i feel like even today um our special effects still cannot do some animals very well so i would love to visual effects yeah visual effects yeah so it's like there are some animals where it's like yeah it's clearly cg thing she's writing from um i do wish like we kind of get over that hump and uh i can't even imagine this movie like just just remaster those bits at some point to like make it really like a cohesive experience but that's a that's a problem I've had with pretty much any movie that shows an animal at this point, including RRR, which we, you know, we all loved as well. So I can get over that. I think everything like that they could do, uh, that Dan could do uh, to like make this movie feel like a legit Predator movie, I think is pretty well done. This is also my point um, where I'm going to say the Predator is a punk. <laughs> punk <laughs> totally. ass. Yeah. What kind of a hunter are you you land on an alien planet oh oh you're gonna be invisible the whole time oh you have these weapons that are thousands of years ahead from the the (laughs) creatures you're hunting oh you're also a giant you're eight feet tall and you have armor that nothing could touch wow that's amazing that you're that's the point right that's what hunters human hunters do It's not a fair fight. They sit. It's not a fair they fight. They sit in the tree with their rifles and wait for deer to walk. That, I think that's the point. Yeah, that's one of the points of this movie. Is mm-hmm. like hunting is lame. <laughs> hunting is lame, and the predator. So because of all that, you feel good when the predator gets taken down. Um, so I just I feel like this movie just really cemented the fact that man, what what are you doing, predator? You're you're a species that goes out trophy hunting. You have all the weapons in the world. You have everything in the world to take out so many species. So, uh, yeah, not a big fan of the Predator as a species. I'm very anti-Predator, but I do love this movie. Can you imagine the scene with, like, 
Predator and Mrs. Predator. Uh-huh, and he's uh-huh. like, I just need a break from all this. I'm sick of the kid. I need to, I need to have a weekend to myself <laughs> where I can just go hunting. I saw, I found this planet. I, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump from here. Yeah. I'll be back on Bob Sunday. Says it's great. Bob's been there. He says, they're not civilized yet. They don't even have weapons. Just go. Yeah. I just need a weekend to myself. God. <laughs> No? Uh, okay. I, I think you're actually underselling how much of a douchebag the predator is. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Because what kind of it's, it's kind of like people who go hunting where um, not even hunting like, uh, you know, Jeff, you were saying hunting in general is lame. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think hunting in the modern day era where uh, mm-hmm. it's often like stacked against the animals where it's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, they they, do, uh... like let, let loose like birds and boar like run across the path and you just shoot at them. You know, like yeah. that's that's the kind of hunting that the predator does. Yeah. Hunting if you're like actually just trying to like survive and live, you know, that, that like uh, of the kind that some of the characters in this movie were doing before the predator shows up. That's actually, uh, you know, I, I could see uh, a lot of value in that, you know, but the, the kind of hunting that the predator is doing, I think we're meant to take it as different, right? But mm-hmm. that's not the mm-hmm. hunting. That's that's trophy hunting, which is yes. what's what I'm talking yes. about. Yeah, yeah, trophy yeah. hunting is lame. It's the kind of thing where you you shoot a uh, you you shoot a, a, a elephant for its tusks. Yes. you know, like it's yeah. disgusting, and it still happens today. And I think that's part of the point of the Predator franchise and this mm-hmm. movie in particular yeah. is. Trophy hunting is for lamos. Agreed. Jeff Kanata, what were your thoughts on Prey? Well, Dan. <laughs> I guess you could say my thoughts on Prey are best summed up in the form of a limerick. It starts when our hero attacks some birds, but the movie is more than just acting words. My review may be biased, but I rate this the highest because it's made by my buddy, Dan Trachtenberg. Hey, great, great. <laughs> you rhymed Trachtenberg with something, Jeff. With two things. You rhymed Trachtenberg. It is uh-huh. incredible. Yeah. yeah. You're incredible. Truly the M&M of limericks here. <laughs> I, um, I'm not able to review this uh, without bias. So I'm, I will wear that on my sleeve and say... This is better than the original. <laughs> I think this is the best Predator movie. I mm. think it's. I, I think Dan has made a masterpiece, and I think he's a master. And as my friends, both of you, you know how difficult it is for me to compliment my friends. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true. I receive yeah. nothing but nonstop criticism from exactly just validation. I never get it. Yeah. Right, not once. <laughs> and here I am calling Dan a master. That, that seems highly unlikely that I would say that. And yet, the evidence is in the film. I, I think this is a masterfully made, masterfully presented. There are sequences of such exquisite tension and the way the camera moves, the way the camera tells the story. And so much of this movie is told through action. So much of the story of this movie and the characterization in this movie is told through action. The way the camera tells that, what it shows you and what it doesn't show you, how it obscures the the shot in in certain sequences to accentuate the the tension of the moment. Masterfully done. It is um, brisk. It It is short. It gets to the point fast and quickly. It packs a wallop. It has really wonderful setups and payoffs beautiful i mean mm-hmm. th- it's a crime that this movie wasn't released in movie theaters yes uh, yeah. i have seen mm-hmm. this movie twice now uh once i was very fortunate dan showed it to me in a movie on the on the lot 
in a movie theater. So I got to see it on a big screen in a movie theater. And I also have, you know, a, a home theater that has a big screen with awesome sound. So I've seen it twice in ways that I think most of the people that see this aren't going to get to see it. And that's a shame because the visuals pop in the, on a big screen. The sound design is phenomenal. And the score is kick ass. I Amazing. love the score of this movie. Yeah. Uh, it, it drives you through it. It, 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 it. it elevates the tension. And there is, you know, some of my favorite kinds of action movies. Um, I, I would put, you know, my problem in my top three action movies of all time, a movie like Die Hard, right? And this is kind of Die Hard Predator edition, right? I mean, I guess Predator is also that, yes, the original yes. Predator. But the, the idea were, is- We're really big into one person versus big insurmountable, you know- Insurmountable uh, odds, yeah. Overwhelming yeah. odds, something that seems like you shouldn't be able to do it. And yet, through the ingenuity, the tenacity, the the pure grit of our main character, we get there. I love movies like this. And, and this movie- does that so so well i never at any point feel like uh it, it cheats uh it creates um it creates really wonderful uh oh my gosh how they're going to get out of this one moments uh it i think it is clear it, you always understand the motivation of the characters you kind of understand the motivation of the predator as well mm-hmm. and and on top of all that it has something to say which i don't know of if any of the other Predator movies really embraced uh, having a, um, a, a, a theme that mm-hmm. is resonant to our times. And this movie, you know, in talking about um, who is dangerous, what is dangerous, who, who these people are, the things we've already talked about with regard to, you know, hunting as a culture, trophy hunting as a culture, the movie actually has something interesting to say as well. I, I love it. I think this movie is one of the best movies of the year and I can't see, wait to see what Dan does next because uh, hopefully this catapults him into the stratosphere as he has always deserved to be. And, um, you know, and, and the fact that this debuted to the biggest opening on Hulu ever, uh, I hope it, it means that, you know, he'll, he'll get all the money to do the next stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of presentation, this is the first time in all of my years doing this podcast where uh, the director of the movie has texted me saying, don't watch the critic screener because it'll have this big ugly watermark on it. Like, <laughs> you got to wait until you can watch it in 4K appropriately yeah. on the TV screen. Yeah. So I actually had multiple opportunities to watch a compromised version of this film. <laughs> And Dan Trachtenberg was like, don't do it. So I'm like, okay, I waited <laughs> until like, you know, with G- Gen Pop to like watch the movie. He, and he uh, actually, he told me when uh, I got a chance to go to LA and, and watch it early. Uh, he's like, well, I'm glad you're seeing this now because now you can watch the trailers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but I might get a little emotional talking about this movie. So like, I'm just going to put that out there right now. I think that, um, I think the movie's great. I don't think it's quite as good as the Predator One, the first Predator, uh, with by John McTiernan, but I think it's really great, uh, and for all the reasons you said, um, I'm deeply moved uh, watching this movie, and there's many reasons for that. One is the obvious one of just seeing um, someone who I consider a friend like ascend to not only like 
what what in our modern world's version of success is, right? Like having a movie that's really widely mm-hmm. watched by millions of people. Um, but also really cement himself as one of the great gifted visual storytellers of our time. You know, like the jump in terms of, I would say, uh, proficiency from 10 Cloverfield Lane to this is massive. Not saying 10 Cloverfield Lane wasn't good, but mm-hmm. I think like this even is... that movie is really well staged, like had very right. clear action compared to so many other things we see today. Yeah. Right. But I mean, what is expected of... Dan Trachtenberg and everyone who is involved in making this in, in this movie, I think is like an mm-hmm. order of magnitude more difficult. Yeah. Uh, just the number of action sequences where they're set, you know, 10 Cloverfield Lane largely took place in one location, you know, like this is multiple locations uh, outdoors, you know, like it, it and uh, it's, it's really impressive what Dan Trachtenberg was able to accomplish here, but beyond just how good the movie is, what I am so impressed by, is the will it took to make this. Um, there are stories online, and, and I, I know about them, but basically like when the script was first passed around, there was at the top of the script, all dialogue in Comanche. That mm-hmm. was at the top of the first script for this movie. Mm-hmm. And most people would read something like that and be like, oh, like there's, there's no way this movie will ever be made. There's no way if it's made, it'll be good. There's no way it won't be tampered with in any significant way. Um, and of course, obviously, it was tampered in a variety of ways, you know, and uh, it, the dialogue did not end up being in Comanche, but they were able to kind of honor the intent of that uh, by having the Comanche dub. It would have been incredible if they had been able to make that. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, incredible. And I think it's a missed opportunity, unfortunately, from the studio's perspective. But but I think that the what he was able to accomplish in terms of um, representation having an all native cast in this movie. Um, a, and no movie stars, no movie stars. Um, I mean, Amber mid thunder is probably the biggest, mm-hmm. uh, one of the biggest stars. Uh, yeah. She's been in a bunch of things at this yeah, point. She's also, been the in, dog is quite the star. Yeah. Um, I think she'll, almost she'll come out of this. She'll come out yeah. of this movie, a movie star, but I don't yeah. think mm-hmm. she came into it. A movie star. Mm-hmm. Dakota, Dakota Beavers, uh, too, you know, who plays Tabe, complete badass in this movie. And, um, I believe like I, I saw a headline that he was like working at a TJ Maxx not too long ago. And now he's, you know, uh, one of the co-leads of this movie. That's now a big hit on Hulu. Um, there were so many obstacles in, in one's way to make a movie like this right now, not, not all the obstacles, obviously it's, it's a prequel slash sequel to a long running, uh, at one point high grossing franchise. So it's not like this is like completely original. Um, but for Dan to pursue it. And, and just as I think about the will to, uh, work on this story, to work on the cast with all these people that you, who you have not seen in most movies, uh, or many movies to go out into the middle of the forest for months and just shoot this thing and like believe that and, and Dan who's like has not done something of this scale as far as I am aware right and does and, not enjoy being outdoors <laughs> and, and just freaking hates camping you know and, yeah. and to believe that like the final product is going to be good it's going to honor um the people who have appeared in it the culture that it has appeared in it it's going to honor the franchise that it's a part of it takes so much will and confidence and uh trust to like to 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 do all that 
And when I think of Dan Trachtenberg just doing all that and like from 10 Cloverfield Lane, like doing this and, and having this under, you know, his hat for many, many months, you know, cause like, um, marketing campaign for this movie didn't really pick up until the last couple months. Right. So he's just been working on this silence. Uh, I'm just very, very deeply moved that, um, someone I know could, uh, make something this great, um, and, and do so at a level of difficulty this hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting all choked up. Anyway, uh, so I really love the movie, and um, people should check it out. Uh, the other thing is, um, I think, it, as I mentioned, it does great honor to the Predator franchise. Like, this is clearly from somebody who like loves these movies. And the idea that you could fit something in that franchise that's so different than all the other movies is really impressive just from a from a production storytelling franchise building standpoint. You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, really enjoyed the movie. Uh, anything else we want to cover before I get to spoilers? I, I mean, I think there are incredible set pieces. Yeah. There are incredible uh, sequences. Uh, I think the, the journey that we go on uh, makes a lot of sense. It's, it's very condensed. It's very, it, it, there's no fat on the bone here. It is, yeah. It, it, it is it moves really really quickly uh you get a sense uh of of why these people do what they do why they hunt it's very explicitly stated why they have to hunt compared to why the predator has to hunt or wants to hunt um and why other characters that show up in the movie hunt uh it, it it's 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 awesome. I think on a from a script level, it's really awesome. From a story level, it's really awesome. And then the execution, obviously, we've been going on and on about. But I mean, I just love the way the camera tells the tells the story in this, For in sure. this movie. For sure. It's I, I it's think awesome. it is. It, I feel like Dan is really like reaching back to the the classical action filmmakers, or at least the ones I grew up with. Like so, like John McTiernan. We we talk about his movies and. Uh, I feel like people don't don't remember enough about like the way he frames shots or the way he portrayed action because um, think things are very different right now, right? Like it's either you kind of go the John Wick route, right, where you're getting people to train ton, you're getting highly choreographed action, or you're doing the fast cuts because nobody mm. wants to train and like you're just trying to hide people in their inexperience. And this is or, very, or it's, very, or it's shot yeah. on the volume, you know, or on the um, volume, or yeah. And it's it's clear, you know, there's some visual effects here that are obvious, but. Mm-hmm it's clear that they went out and they actually did a lot of this. And yeah. that's really impressive. So it just feels, it feels real authentic. And I love that the camera has time to linger, you know, in, in so many different shots at times. So yeah, I appreciate the filmmaking so much here. All right. Let's get to spoilers for prey starting right now. Now you're looking for the secret. Can I see this coming? No, but you won't find it because of course you're not going to see this coming. You're not really looking. I have been puzzling over how it works. You don't really want to work it out. Who's in the box? I have been dying to tell you. I want to tell you my secret. You want to be fooled. I should have mentioned there was a dream early on where Mm -hmm. uh, nobody would know that this is a Predator movie until they saw it. Yeah. And that kind of stuff is, you know... It, it, it is, um, I really appreciate that someone like Dan Trachtenberg could dream that that's possible. Sure, you know? sure, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it's very, like, old school. Like, y- you can imagine, you know, it's like, um, what? Like, uh, watching Split and realizing that it's a single yeah. unbreakable. You know, like, that mm-hmm. kind of surprise. It's still possible, but it's so hard yeah. in today's modern internet environment yeah. where, you know, um, 
people such as ourselves uh, <laughs> will like talk about the latest developments of what's that's, going on in the movie. That's what we yeah. do. I, yeah. I forget when this movie debuted. Was it at a Comic-Con type of thing? Because I feel like if you can't get the sit down and watch the movie and then be surprised by what it is, you can at least get the, okay, we're going to talk about this new thing. Nobody has heard. You just have a title, right? You don't know what this mm-hmm. is. You sit down at a Comic-Con type invention or something. And then you see you see the trailer. You see it go on. Then you see the Predator lights. And hearing the crowd react. Yeah. Like, I I would have loved to be in that spot or have like yeah. a big public way to debut that at the very yeah. least. Yeah. Yeah. I, will, I, I think it speaks more to marketing uh, mm-hmm. requirements than, than anything yeah, else. Yeah. And yeah, and that's, yeah, yeah. that's the bummer. Um, so I think that the, uh, the way the predator is conceived and constructed in this movie is pretty cool. Um, and it did feel like I, I went back and watched the original predator and it did feel like, this is a predator that was like less advanced than that one. Yeah, you know? he didn't like, have uh, a, the same tech. Yeah, he didn't have the same yeah. tech. Like uh, basically, the predator from the original had like a, the the three dots, which is like an iconic predator thing. Was basically like lasers in the first one, if I recall correctly. Right. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this yeah. one, he's like actually firing objects, darts. Um, not, yeah. not a great system for your weapon. <laughs> You know, buddy, <laughs> like really, it, it just depends on where the dots are and they auto home the dots. Also, it makes him even more of a punk ass, right? Because he mm-hmm. doesn't really even have to aim, man. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. laser sighted rifles, man. It's, yeah. uh, it's a thing. <laughs> Agreed. Um, but he, the Predator in this movie does have some pretty cool tech, um, which is the uh, like my favorite thing is when he throws that net over that guy and the net mm-hmm. like closes and like completely yeah. like disintegrates that guy it's like yeah. oh my god that's horrible what what did um, like what an amazing idea execution <laughs> also i'm bummed we only saw it one time yeah because <laughs> yeah. i was like oh my gosh is that going to come back later in a really cool way um but yeah like all the predator tech i thought was really well done um a lot of shout outs to the original predator like the spraying the skull you know that's a thing that happened in the original um and actually mm-hmm. looks kind of cooler now that they have better visual effects today than it did in the uh in the original film mm-hmm. um do you so, like the new predator uh, outfit uh having mm-hmm. having another alien skull on your head is uh that's that's cool that's yeah. interesting yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 bone armor yeah. As opposed to in the original Predator, he has kind of like a metallic yeah. mask, right? He has like mm-hmm. bone armor in this one, yeah. Um, but uh, the you know thematically, Jeff, you were talking about like what this movie is trying to say, and um, I think the movie is trying. One thing that the, that did kind of lose me a little bit was I, you know I think the movie's trying to say um, like who's the real predator, who's the real prey in the situation, and there's this question of like these French people. Mm-hmm. Um, who I mean, we all knew the French were horrible, obviously. Um, but this movie is a real takes a real bat to their reputation. I'm just joking. I love the French, but um, you know, like well, the, all the colonial powers, you're all guilty of, yes, of a lot yeah. of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm shocked that the French got the brunt of it and not like Americans, you know. But it what is, else? Uh, talk well, about like authenticity. I saw there was a thing going around where uh, the the French they speak in this movie is also not like modern French. It's like it's more like what they speak in mm. Quebec, which is more of like several hundred years old. So even th- that's actually a way to make it sound more legit. And a lot of modern French speakers are like, this accent is terrible. I can't hear, understand anything going on here. Yeah. It was interesting the way that the movie handled language, though, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there is a moment when she interacts with one of the French people, kind of a, like a hunt for Red October moment almost. Where yeah. I guess we're supposed to take that that French guy can speak her language, right? Mm-hmm. He says, I speak kind of a lot weird. of languages. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. So kind of interesting the way they handle it. But, um, but I think I love, we're supposed to take. Yeah, go ahead. I love that they don't subtitle the French 
uh, that it is oh, born to her and we are experiencing yeah. it through her eyes. So mm-hmm. she doesn't know what they're saying and neither should the audience. I love it, that. It is kind of rare that the the Western language, right, is the yeah. one that's being othered a little in that mm-hmm. sense. So even that alone was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and clearly the idea here, you know, right at the beginning, there is this um, this notion that there's something coming. We need to move. There's something coming here mm-hmm. that will kill us. And because we're in a Predator movie, we go, oh, yeah, that space aliens arrive. We saw the ship show up in the first <laughs> shot. The, the aliens come in. They have a sense of the alien coming in. They're going to kill them all. It's like, no, it ain't It ain't the big sci-fi space alien that mm-hmm. we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's kind of the, the – the, 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 I mean, one of my favorite things in the entire movie is so brilliantly done is that we see the snake get – you see the Predator strip the snake, uh, skin the snake – yeah. And then she comes upon the buffalo having been skinned. And mm-hmm. we assume, oh, the predator has been skinning some buffalo as well. No, that's not who skinned the buffalo. And when she realizes, oh, it wasn't the predator who skinned the buffalo. It was these jagoffs. Uh, so, I, and I love that because we, we see, oh, yes, the predator is looking for a challenge, is looking for, you know, him. he's going to take, take down the apex predator of this world. He's constantly trying to level up through this mm-hmm. thing he, he takes down the wolf he takes down the 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 snake he, you know he's trying to he takes down the bear he's trying to find the apex predator of earth to have the biggest challenge so it's like oh yeah no it didn't even make sense that he would take down buffalo like he doesn't care about buffalo just mm-hmm. quietly roaming the plains it's these guys that would waste these creatures that drove them to extinction just mm-hmm. to get their their pelts you know and it, I, I love that the movie isn't afraid to embrace that and t- and have something real to say in the midst of this high octane, very short, just all action all the time kind of movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would say my one complaint with the story is this idea of these uh, flowers that kind of cool the blood. You know, it felt a little bit too <laughs> video gamey to me. You know, like sure, you're taking sure. the power up and now the pre- predator can't see you. Um, and in the original, they handled it by having Arnold Schwarzenegger cover himself with mud, right? Which I don't know is much more convincing. Um, right. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, o- on that note, what was also fascinating to me was trying to imagine what wh- what this movie gives you. is It allows you to imagine what would it have been like for someone from the 1600s, 1700s to see futuristic technology. It would have been completely mind-blowing like when they see when they see like you know one of the predators like bombs or whatever they're like what is what is or when they see like laser lights can you imagine like if if you got hit with laser you had no idea what was what what this even was like there's no technology in the world that can emit this um and people have commented on how what this movie shows is you need to start inserting the predator into more historical situations. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this needs to be like yeah. the Assassin's Creed franchise. It's like <laughs> Predator in the Renaissance. Predator, yeah, predator in, in the Egypt. Renaissance. Predator with samurai. Predator yeah. with the yeah. uh, 1920s era gangsters. Like yeah. Predator with like all these different kinds of people. And and this is the thing. In praise of the story, it keeps things so simple. Like you remember Shane Black's The Predator, the 2018 yeah. movie? Like um, that predator was actually 
uh, trying to stop us from global warming, guys. And like, <laughs> I don't all remember other, anything about that movie. It, that movie like doesn't all exist. This, it's like, dude, dude, the, the, you are so overcomplicating it. It's just a predator. Mm-hmm. He's hunting thing. That's the uh-huh. whole movie. You don't yeah. need anything else. I mean, you do need other things, but like, yeah. you know, like he, they keep the story simple, but satisfying right. and effective. And, uh, all Predator movies should be this way. Yeah, I it don't know why really, they uh, got all tied up with the Predator lore. You know what I mean? It felt really, really refreshing watching this movie after watching Carter 2, which is a movie where too much, too much stuff. <laughs> you got zombies. You got North Korea government. You've got, oh, you're also an uh, assassin who's lost his mind. Also, your child's in danger. Also, also, the CIA is involved. Um, simple, simple and clean. Yeah. This is nice. No, I, yeah. I agree. I, I made that joke about, uh, you know, the, the predator's family leaving before he goes on the hunting trip and all that stuff. And and you kind of think about that. And a lot of the Marvel comics about Predator, like, go into, like, Predator Planet. And what's Predator Planet like? And my opinion is we should never know what Predator Planet yes. is like. Mm-hmm. It yes. doesn't matter what Predator P- Planet is like. Yep. The entire idea of Predator is it's a lone predator who goes to a planet and tries to kill the biggest, baddest thing there. And that's all we need to know. It doesn't matter. And all of it, yeah. everything else is irrelevant because it's Don't about say it, Jeff. Pure- You're saying it now and you were basically saying, huh, I should pitch this uh, idea of a whole Predator, you know, franchise movie. And uh, let's go back to the home planet. Let's, let's figure out everything. No, you know they're going to do no, that. And no, they're going to ruin it. Don't go back to the home planet. Don't go to the they're home planet. They're going to do it. it yeah. The, but, you know, the, the, I like the idea of it is streamlined. It is, it is you know, die hard. It is like it's just one thing against another thing yep. in an interesting environment. That's all you need. That's all you and need. How are they going to do it? How are you going to How are you going to take down something that is – that is more potent than you, that the, 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 the uh, odds are against you. How do you do it? And I think that's the fun of the Predator movies is how do you do it? How does Schwarzenegger do it? How does, how does uh, Amber Mid-Thunder do it? That's what we want to see. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Relating to all the stuff I said before when I got really emotional about this movie, um, I, I think the the inverse or the other side of that is there's so many ways this movie could have gone wrong. You know, like there's so many ways that this movie could have been bad or uh-huh. terrible or criticized uh, harshly by uh, the community. And it's just like, um, I, I'm not saying it's beyond reproach. Like there's people who should, should criticize it however they feel comfortable. But like, I think that Dan Trachtenberg was aiming for a very small bullseye. And I think he pretty much hit it and it's like but there's you don't see all the other misses that could have happened because mm -hmm, i think mm -hmm. he made it look effortless he made the representation and the uh, look effortless and the action look effortless and all these other things you know the casting look effortless um and uh and that's what i think is also kind of doubly impressive about it go ahead jeff well i I don't want to you know tell stories out of of school or anything but I, i will tell you as somebody that that you know his buddies with Dan and, and, and talked to him over the years of him developing this. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, you know, saw an early screening screening and, and saw how, where the movie was at that time and where it is now and how that has changed. It is so interesting to see how much effort and, and thought and stress went into very, very small things and how many of his worries uh, that, that consumed him as he was making it um, ended up not being an issue at all. And I, I don't think it's because they weren't ever going to be an issue. It's mm-hmm. because he did all that worry and thought mm-hmm. and stress and he put all that effort into it. Um, but it's, it's cool to me, like all these things that he would spend so much time and energy trying to 
worry about, no one has brought up. Like so many things, no one has, I have not seen anyone online bring up some of the things that he spent so much time. And, and another thing that is really cool, you know, not having, having this kind of perspective from my own personal perspective on it that I don't usually get with movies is to see how fine tuning little things in the movie from the cut I saw to the final cut clarified such so many moments and and so many ideas so beautifully and and like seeing how he was working through that and simple ways that movies can accentuate certain things or or direct your attention in certain ways so that your things are not unclear Mm -hmm. and dan's prowess and confidence with being able to identify those things and do it and know in the in the in the edit room that he's able to do that is it's so cool to see. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the reasons there hasn't been like a, a, a big back- backlash to this movie, and maybe one will come. I'm not saying it will never happen, but um, is that he got most of the things right? Like he got first of all, the movie's good. That that mm-hmm. alone is like good. huge points, right? Yeah. Like yeah. there's been many movies that have like bad representation, and the movie's bad, you know. And like th- then it's like okay, well, what is what is there here, you know? But um, I think that the movie's good, and uh, and I, I feel it. It, as you said, it, it takes great pains to um, try to get these small details right, starting with the casting. And one of the things that uh, I really appreciate is like all these actors who I've never seen before on screen. You know, I'm now like, wow, I, I need to like follow these people. These are clearly like major talents. I was really sad when Tabe died in the movie. Yeah, I was like, oh man, like I understand why you need to do that from a storytelling perspective, but that guy was such a badass. Can you imagine carrying this person home like for miles on your back while yeah. she's knocked out? Like that's that's hard. <laughs> yeah. Um. And yeah. Uh, he's Dakota Beavers is awesome in that role, but obviously Amber Winthunder. I mean, she's the star of this movie. She she has to carry the whole movie, and she yeah. does it. And she does. Yeah. 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 So, another little bit that I love is the mirroring of the shot of of. Um, of Tommy bringing back the the lion head mm-hmm. and how that shot were like on his feet as he walks back to camp yeah. bringing the trophy and then we see that at the last shot of the movie is well oh, not last shot but one of the last shots of the movie is her doing the same with the predator head it's like it's so it's such cool mirroring of those two moments yeah um yeah. a lot of a lot of great shots in the movie you know um i'll just throw out a couple like there's a shot uh, early on when like the uh they're all heading into the forest lit only by torchlight i'm like this yeah. is like incredible staggeringly beautiful you know yeah. like beautiful stuff um and there's a shot of her walking out of the village you know and she's passing by all the women mm-hmm. who are going to be going and doing the the gathering parts and yeah. it tells so much i love yeah. a, i love a long shot that tells you so much about what's happening and about these they're characters. going opposite directions yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. and then there's the one take action sequence where she takes out all those dudes which is just like incredible as well and i'm sure yeah. You know, he had to get a good oneer into the movie, and I was like, he he did <laughs> even, it. So even the even the sequence where she's teaching herself how to use the axe with the rope Love is it. so mm-hmm. badass, and the sound design in that yes. moment, yep. the sound <laughs> how it so echoes, satisfying. yeah, it echoes through the forest, the hitting of the shunk, and it just wow. Yeah. My my two favorite sequences in the movie are uh, 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 the bear sequence with her hiding, and how we see the predator take down the bear. Uh, through the branches inside her perspective. Mm. It's just so incredible. And then that smashing and then the bear's face landing right next to her. And then you, the only way we see the predator is because the blood comes down on it. It's incredible. Um, and then my other favorite sequence is the the homage to uh, to uh, Never Ending Story with her sinking in the, in the, mm. in the mud. Terrifying. And Terrifying I me lo- since I was a child. Yeah. Yes, right? 
Yeah. Atreyu! Try! <laughs> um, but, but I loved the musicality of that sequence in how she's, she's going down. We, we, she knows the solution. Mm-hmm. I have a rope. Mm-hmm. I have an axe. Throw it. Oh, I got it. No, I don't got it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed. Oh, I missed again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got it. Break branch. It's yeah. like every, it's so wonderfully plays with you, plays with your expectation, with your emotion, and it, ma- it makes it not easy. It's not easy for her to do it. And then finally we get that overhead shot where she's just like, I got nothing. I'm going down. I have one last throw. It's just so <laughs> beautiful. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love in that sequence where she doesn't freak out because I think by this point she probably knows. Like if you freak out in the in quicksand, you're going down faster. And it's yeah. all that control and determination. Like that is basically the entire movie. That's how she kills the predator, basically. Yeah. I really enjoy a lot of the references to the other predator movies. You know, uh, like I said, like uh, it, it's it's so difficult to make an action movie that's good. And then it's difficult to like make an action movie that's good in the, with working within the constraints of another franchise, you know, and then also do honor to that franchise. And Dan was able to pull it off. Um, But there's a bunch of like visual references. We talked about like the skull and the, the dots and all that stuff. Like there's, there's a bunch of like very obvious mud. Uh, We have the the predator coming out of the mud. Exactly. How Schwarzenegger comes out of the mud. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Yeah. I love, um, I think both in the original Predator movie and in this one, like the first appearance of the infrared or the uh, thermal vision is like really shocking and upsetting, you know, because you're like, Ooh, like these people are being watched, but like what is doing the watching? And like you slowly find out and it's this movie very much like does honor to that idea as well, where you kind of like are slowly finding out what this thing is. And it's even more jarring in this case, because there's nothing in the planet that has this technology. Um, also, uh, of course, many people have pointed the, the one kind of like part where I was like, oh, this is a little bit uh, uh, maybe clunky is too strong of a term, but like kind of was like, oh, like I, you're clearly kind of doing something fan service is right at the end when uh, they, 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 the, the gun is handed over. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, so there's a yeah. gun that says Rafael Adolini. Right uh, on it, which is uh, seen at the end of uh, 1990s Predator 2. Right, um, and uh, I'm just going to read to you from Vulture's explanation of what this is, in, in case you're curious. But like Predator 2 ends with the arrival of a group of predators coming to collect their dead. Um, just before they fly off, one of them throws the pistol to LAPD Lieutenant Mike Carrigan, played by Danny Glover, perhaps as a sign of respect. Um, at the time, the gun was re- revelation. It implied that the predators had been hunting on Earth for many centuries long before uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger made what we believe was humanity's first contact in Predator 1. Um, the weapon's backstory was fleshed out in the 1996 anniversary anthology issue, A Decade of Dark Horse Number 1, in the story Predator 1718, um, which opens with Spanish pirate Rafael Adelini, whose crew mutinies against him when he seeks to return stolen gold to the church for which it had been destined. Um, and as he battles his crew, a nearby Predator watches, uh, and the Predator decides that Adelini is a worthy target. Um, so Prey takes place in 1719, one year after Adelini's de- demise, although it starts stops short of confirming the Dark Horse story's canon, but it leaves us with lingering questions like, how did a Spanish pirate's pistol end up in the hands of French hunters in America? Mm, good question. Anyway. Uh, now you're, you're talking about a Predator pirate movie, and yes, yeah. sign yes. me up. 
That, I mean, that very easily yeah. could be the next one, is like yeah. the story of how that pistol got there, right? So uh, not only has Dan Tractorber made a great Predator movie, but he's like kicked open the doors <laughs> of the entire franchise to like, now here is the template for what <laughs> yeah. you can do in the future. So anyway, brilliant work. Any closing totally. thoughts? Uh, we, we haven't talked enough about the dog. The dog is very good. <laughs> very good dog. Good very movie good dog. dog. Also, I believe local... it was a rescue. Um, rescue yeah, from the Atlanta area. So, you know, yeah, I guess they shot a bunch around here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the dog did good. Dog was a very good boy. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> um, well, I think that's going to bring us to the end of our conversation. And at the end of the day, it's extremely impressive. Incredible. That Dan Trachtenberg made this movie. All right, folks, uh, you can find more episodes of this podcast at thefilmcast.com. Email us at slash filmcast at gmail.com. Our theme song comes from Tim McEwen at the midnight. Our spoiler bumper comes from filmmaker and YouTuber Kyle Corwith. Our weekly plugs music comes from Noah Ross. This episode was edited by me, David Chen. To support this podcast, patreon.com slash filmpodcast is where you can go. Next week, the movie we'll be discussing is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. New A24 releases out in theaters right now. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Uh, I've heard it's a lot of fun. And also, the alternative was Beast, which is uh, not a movie that any I'll of us... I'll watch that at home. Into. I'll gladly watch that at home. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll be good. Maybe it'll break out. Who knows? Who knows? True, true. But anyway, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies should be really... A- A24 movies... Regardless of how they are, and not all of, all of them are good, at least they're like usually really interesting to discuss. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'll, I'll give that for them. And I'm sure that Bodies, Bodies, Bodies will be no different. Um, okay, that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode of the Filmcast. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.